Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time, except on episodes like this where we don't. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined as always by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello. This bus be banging. Uh, hmm. Um, and no uh, bus has ever banged. <laughs> we have we have our 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 guest today. Uh, this week is none other than if you listen to Tombstone Minute or Forced or um Titanic Minute, uh, White Wine Tom. Welcome, Tom. Hey, gang. Thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah. being here. Yeah. So I just want to like I'm hi, Tom. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> I want to throw some credibility towards this. Uh, you know, I think in Titanic Minute, Joe... Credibility? Why start now? Yeah, I know, right? Well, uh, Joe, I think in Titanic Minute, you you dubbed Tom the the fine dining expert. Is that correct? If you say so. Um, I think so. Does that sound right, Tom? It seems about right. We talked about champagne for quite a bit. Yes. So... Um, I do feel like Tom is at least of the men, easily the classiest person associated with any of these projects. Oh, boy. Uh, hmm. That bar is low. It's, it's not high. Well, I mean, <laughs> Happy I, I, it. I realize that's a backhanded compliment. I've passed yes. a lot of background checks. <laughs> Probably the most. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, Again, okay. bar is low. <laughs> so so I, I recently went on a fine dining experience with, with white wine, Tom. And I have to say, guys, he lived up to his reputation. He, uh, it was time to order another bottle of wine. He had some questions that the, uh, our server could not answer. They had to bring in an expert from, uh, from a different area of the restaurant to come in as Tom and this guy talked about what wine to order for at least 10 minutes. We did. It was a productive conversation. The wine was good. Did you do the thing where you just get a little sample and you like sniff it? You're like, mm, no. <laughs> I didn't go that far. Well, I mean, I did taste it after we ordered it. Um, oh, that's standard. The conversation yeah. definitely uh, made most of the difference. It was an impressive flex. So, White Wine Tom is a deserved name. Um, so, I just want you know. I, feel, I just want to make sure. I feel sure. like it should be upgraded to like White Wine Tom Esquire or something. Ooh, Tom Esquire. That sounds nice. That's a nice ring to it. Yeah. You could just add that. Can you just add like an ESQ yeah. to like your email signature at work? I think so. Nobody reads those. Yeah. So I'm just going to add. Yeah, just just add a professional title uh, to your name. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be doctor now. What is an esquire? A lawyer. It's a lawyer, a lawyer. thing. Oh, okay. I guess but I probably you, should. But you know what? <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you worked for the State Bar Association. Mm. Many many years ago, <laughs> before they did Esquire. Well, they didn't. There was no Esquires. I mean, there were. I guess there were. But, like, yeah, no one used it. I read an issue of Esquire once, so I think yeah. I qualify. Yeah, perfect, perfect. I've also read a penthouse, but doesn't mean I live in one, Tom. <laughs> I mean, you could say you did. <laughs> um, so let's just like jump right into the question we always ask our guests, and that is, uh, you know, we're, we're hanging out. It's bus stop. Do you have any public transit stories, Tom, that you have to share? You've been, you're, you're a traveled person. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of something uh, because I have taken public transit. Uh, I usually use it um, when I travel for work. Um, so I take the subway in New York and um, take trams from the airport because it's a little bit better and less expensive than an Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I, I don't feel like I've ever had like a weird public transit situation. You've never pooped yourself like Meeks? Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. I'm relatively young. <laughs> Got a lot of years ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, in a public setting one time at a movie theater, someone, uh, while we were in line for popcorn, um, just started singing um, Country Roads, Take Me Home by John Denver. Come on. This is real. Was it um, you? It wasn't me. I love that song. <laughs> Um, it's a good song. More so when, when um, it's in uh, the context of John Denver singing it. Yep. Uh, but it was he, he just kept singing it, and he was like, do you know that song? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's a good song. And he's like, and then he launched back into it. You know, Mountain Mama, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't, <laughs> there, was, there was zero reason for it. He was just like, this song is really good. Um. And it was like him with his two friends. And they weren't singing with him either. It was just were, him. So were it was, they? It was a choice. Were they okay with what he was doing? Or were they were they, um, were they they bothered by it, do you think? Um, they seemed okay with it. I feel like it wasn't the first time mm-hmm. that uh, they'd been in that situation before. Like, they this... weren't leaning away from him. They were just carrying on a casual conversation next to him that they would sometimes bring him back to. Um, Joe and I are roads. Joe and I are well practiced in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this whole thing sounds very familiar. I feel like I'm being subtweeted. <laughs> um. Well, okay. So seems like for the most part things have worked out for you on public transportation. Bus wise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually wearing like headphones, um, mm. and I have short hair, so people can see that I'm wearing headphones. Um, so I feel usually I'm, I'm pretty, um, unbothered for the most part. Uh, so when was, have you, have you recently revisited Forrest Gump? I watched it today. Oh, fresh takes. Very fresh. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on this, on this, on this film? Are you pro Forrest Gump? Um, it's a weird movie. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It's good. It makes me feel both good and bad feelings. <laughs> like it runs I, the gamut. Yeah, it has a lot of feel-good stuff. It's also very sad. Uh, all of the historical bits um, are there and mostly played for laughs, which works. And then sometimes it's like, well, it's the Confederacy, and this is just kind of racist, and <laughs> that works less well. Yeah. Um, I think if if the movie was like. It depends on how you read the movie. If you try to read the movie as like having, um, you know, some important point to make about American society, I don't think it works super well. If you watch it as a movie about a sweet guy and uh, love and friendship and that sort of thing, I think it works well. It has absolutely nothing to say about history, even though it's steeped in it. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, like the the Vietnam. Um, uh, rally speech that he gives yes. where the microphone is literally cut off yep. um, works really well I think as a metaphor for the film as a whole in terms of how it approaches <laughs> politics yep. and history um, just cutting off if uh, if we can't play it for a gag or just kind of uh, it's kind of just like that reflexive nostalgia like oh I recognize this thing but otherwise it's beyond that it's, it's just surface level yeah yeah and some of the laughs work I like the Watergate joke that was good um, so but yeah. that's actually that's actually an interesting thing I I just kind of uh, thought about as you were you were talking about that this movie and it's like you know uh, it doesn't have any like it steeped in history 
does this movie feel like the people who made it live through this or does it feel like the people who made it happen to look at an american textbook like an american history textbook i think the latter yeah even though even though they may have lived through it right isn't that isn't that strange so robert zemeckis was born in 1952 so he was at least of age for the majority of this stuff and Eric Roth, the screenwriter, he was born in 1945, so he is, like, classic boomer age. Like, technically 1946, but for all intents and purposes, you know, stereotypical boomer. Yeah. So, I, I don't know much about... I mean, about... he's he's essentially the age of... I mean, he... the, the, the He Eric would be Roth, Forrest he, Gump's age. Yeah. He is Forrest Gump. His, like, that's, I mean, not he's not, but I mean, that's yeah. his age. So, I mean... Again, part of it is the source material already sets that stage, even if it's loosely adapted. Sure. Um, one thing I know about Zemeckis that I read long ago is he, like, he went to UCLA, I think, in film school. So that would have been like in the seventies. And I know that like he was kind of like the opposite of the the seventies film brats, like. You know, Coppola and Woody Allen and De Palma. De Palma, yes, all those people. In that, like, he was just like, I didn't really look up to like the auteurs. I was just into like movies that made you feel good, that were kind of like more populist, crowd pleasing. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I know about him is that he said that like all of the 1980s, he doesn't really remember anything because he was just working all the time. Oh, cool. Cool guy. Those are cool people. Yeah. Well, like he, I mean, t to be fair, like anyone who's a director in Hollywood, like you kind of, you know, you kind of just become that person who works like 14 hour days and whatever. But I, just, I, I should try to find this interview. I just remember the crux of it. He wasn't like bragging about it. Okay. He was just saying, he's like, you know, a lot of the 80s in terms of the culture and things like that are kind of a blur to me because it was just going you know and in fairness these were like big projects like from romancing the stone on mm -hmm. you know you had romancing the stone and you went to back to the future which is a huge movie and then you had like who framed roger rabbit and the back to the future sequels and these are all just massive productions and he wasn't really involved with the culture, so... Which is weird, because Back to the Future 2 is trying so hard to be in that culture, right? Like, yeah. there's so many winks and nods to, to, to the 80s. I think some of that I, some of that comes from Bob Gale, who wrote and produced those okay. movies. But, yeah, it's so... Like, I feel like Zemeckis was just so focused on working in Hollywood and was never... I mean, we talked about this. It was never a political filmmaker at all. No, which is fine. Like I, I don't actually. That's fine. I mean, a lot of these movies that we you mentioned, you know, including up to Roger Rabbit. I mean, they're fantastic movies. That they don't have to have that. You know, I don't. He doesn't need to be saying something about the Libyans in Back to the Future. <laughs> it's a weird. I will say, like in some ways, it's a great choice, and in other ways, it's a very odd choice to have someone who's so apolitical but then the flip side to that is that it's you know you have someone who was able to do all these special effects and get these kind of crowd-pleasing moments it also allows you to read this movie however you want that to too <laughs> i mean you you know i can't imagine 
anyone went and saw Forrest Gump and walked out. Well, I shouldn't say anyone because that, that's not true. But I mean, like the vast majority of people didn't walk away and be like, what? I'm insulted by the views in this. And I'm, I feel like that was also a view that was imparted by Paramount. But I'm sure they're like, listen, yeah, don't be controversial. Just toe the line. Acknowledge that these things happened, but don't try to arrive at any judgment or thesis or anything. I mean, and this is the era of like, you know, Michael Jordan is the biggest sports star at the time who famously said that, you know, hey, Republicans buy sneakers too. Cold War's over, baby. There's no yeah. one left. Why bother thinking about history when it's just us and it's going to be great forever? What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I think when I was uh, reading about it on the Wikipedia, too, speaking of, like, you can read anything you want into it, um, I think it was the National Review or American Conservative rated mm, it, like, one of yeah. the 100 best conservative <laughs> films. Yep. Which, I, I don't know if it's that, either. <laughs> I think um, it's, but it is sort of nothing i mean it 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 sort of draws the um differences between the counterculture versus somebody who sort of goes down a very straight and narrow path um between jenny and uh forest um but it's not it's not really saying anything too severe in any way it's essentially night at the museum through american history (laughs) night at the museum (laughs) amazing right i mean like you know here's all the here's all the exhibits but we're not reading any of the plaques let's just like quickly move through as this movie goes through but i'm going to be more positive on this like going on what you first said tom if you just look at this movie as like the story of Forrest and just imagine and like all the history stuff is just a backdrop. The movie works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works really well from that perspective. It's Um, just hard. It's hard to not look past all that other stuff, especially when, you know, I know this is Joe's favorite format, but format, you know, going through it, you know, in small segments like this. I, I feel like we've been involved in Vietnam as long as the troops were. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) um when did you first see this movie tom um so i remember it must have been a few years after it came out i remember that we got it on vhs and watched it i think it was a christmas um that like somebody got it for christmas and then a tradition we used to have in our family is somebody would always get a movie for christmas and then we'd watch that movie okay um and I remember watching Forrest Gump then and not understanding most of it. <laughs> like a lot of it going over my head, but it, the, the, did you understand the, the hand job? <laughs> I did not. I did not. I didn't understand the ending with Jenny. I was like, what happened? Why did she get, she's just sick. What ending okay. are we talking about? <laughs> the, <laughs> the unhappy one. Okay. Um, the one yeah. where she's in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, But I enjoyed it as a kid, even if I didn't understand most of it. Um, I think the the movie's so interesting, too, because I literally can't think of another actor that it would work with besides Tom Hanks. Uh, Absolutely falls apart with anyone else. a disaster with anyone else. (laughs) Um, And so from that perspective, it might be, I mean, one of 
if not the best performance of his career <laughs> in that like it's such a unique it's a role. difficult it's difficult yeah like <laughs> there's a lot that could go much more wrong than did. the only the only other thing i could think of the only other actor like i, I guess could maybe do this and pull it off is maybe dustin hoffman like little big man is kind of like forrest gump like is like the 70s forrest gump where it's like here's the dude comparison you know kind of except in all these funny. historical that's the difference you what what's funny <laughs> except little big man is funny uh, have you watched that recently I mean, I've watched Forrest Gump recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess Little Big Man is a movie I, I remember seeing when I was in uh, high school and really liking, and then I revisited maybe six months ago, and I was like, oh, book's woof. a lot better. I mean, that's it, a cliche thing to say, it, but it's not always... I mean, people say, oh, it's always true. It's not always true, but in this case, it's very true. Hoffman already got his Oscar for being disabled. He was like, meh, don't <laughs> You only get one of those. There's, you, you're not allowed multiple... Uh, uh, roles like that and mm-hmm. uh, winning Oscars well, for it. Sean Penn, you can still keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good time, Joe, for your question. Are we really going to keep doing that? Hey, it's All the right. Patreon content. But, but, but like, uh, Tom's heard it already. No, he hasn't. Tom, you don't pay? I don't pay. Smart. I spend all my money on wine. I don't think Smart. Smart. <laughs> Tom, have you ever acted before? Um, like even like the school plays or anything? Yeah, school play. I played um, the angel Gabriel. Oh. In, in Dogma? <laughs> in Dogma, yeah. Yeah, it was a really edgy <laughs> uh, this, uh, elementary school play. Was this the nativity? Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I came to the wise men. I talked to the wise men. Tell us a little uh, how, about how you prepared for that role. Um, I remember um, praying. Uh, <laughs> I read <laughs> I read lines with my mom. I know I did that. Okay. Um, and I also remember too um, opening opening night. Uh, I think there was only one performance, but I remember um, <laughs> I went to the wise men, and I had like my line that I said, and it was like hark and yada yada yada, and uh, I just froze and was staring at them. And one of them, um, uh, Jared, um, Jared the wise man, (laughs) Jared the wise man was looking back at me and his eyes were really wide. And he was like, you know, you line. (laughs) And, um, eventually just like clicked, but I have no idea like how long it was just silent. And no. and it was it was funny afterwards. Like uh, <laughs> the next day, I remember um, a teacher um, told me that it, <laughs> she praised me on my acting choice to uh, to to wait and pause for the audience. There you go. <laughs> um, so she was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of it, I remembered all my other lines as far as I know. Uh, but I distinctly for... remember briefly freezing um, in front of the wise men. Um, Jared, Jared the wise open. man. Jared would the wise would man. you be open to acting again if the right opportunity came along? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would be good at it. I could run lines with my mom again, though. Which <laughs> which disability do you think you'd be best at playing if you're going to try to win an Oscar? <laughs> um, I think I would steer clear of... Uh, <laughs> Any um, 
it, it might come across so either way. You're um, just refusing to play those roles? Yeah. You don't want those stories to be told? <laughs> not by me. So okay. you're, you're I want to make room the, uh... for other voices. You're not in it for the statues, then? No, no. I'm in it for the passion. Sean Penn's going to swoop in. <laughs> Give it to Sean. Let him try again. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I have a question about earlier you brought up. Uh, you said you had a family Christmas thing or like tradition where you guys would watch a movie that someone had received. Mm-hmm. Um, while you were at home... How, what time? How many times was it a movie you got, and what movie was it? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't feel like it was a movie I got until I got the Lord of the Rings. Okay, Fellowship of the Ring. That's a good. And I one. got like the special edition, edition um, box set, and so it was like three hours and twenty minutes or whatever. I think with the extended time. I was gonna mm-hmm. say, is it the extended edition? Yep. And so we watched that, um, and. Um, my mom fell asleep, um, but the rest of us stayed up. It was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> that Is that trilogy. the only time? Is that the only time you think it was a gift you got? I think so. I think oh, so. Oh, man. That's I not just... fair. Is there anything you want to say to your mom now about how that made you feel? <laughs> um, it made me feel forgotten in the family. <laughs> no, it's fine. I feel like I always enjoyed the movie. Like One year, my brother got um, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, and okay. I was yeah. real into that. I was, yeah. I was the exact right age. Um, and the first one, I think, probably is still the best of those. What, yes. Was I it ever watched it recently? Was it ever just a really inappropriate or non-crisp, like non-crowd pleasing movie? Like, did like someone, Showgirls or something? Like, I was gonna say like Million Dollar Baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just <laughs> and then everyone's just like sitting around watching it, and everyone's silent. really sad. He's like, I don't know about this. <laughs> this is not That's a very a real merry silent Christmas. night, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think my family was always very careful about um, the the movie choices that were given out, at least at the the main. Uh, do you want to do you want to know how to make it a silent night in the boxing ring? How, <laughs> oh, Joe? Tip over a stool. <laughs> that's what? what she broke her neck on. Oh, that's right. Oh no. <laughs> um, I. I I think I've told the story on maybe previous podcasts, but I do have vivid memories of like a like extended family um, going over to my aunt's house because she had gotten a movie, you know, like an Oscar movie that everyone was excited about watching, and it was the the piano. Well, we know oh. Tom wasn't. Oh, the piano that you got to see you saw <laughs> Dong on Christmas. It was on Christmas. It was just like all the family was around, and I remember throughout that movie because I was the only kid. Because I'm I'm an only child, and, like, my mom's side had a lot of siblings, but she was the youngest. So, like, I have I have relatives that are the same generation, but are, like, so many more years older than me. That and, reminds uh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, I remember we were watching the piano, and multiple times <laughs> my mom or my Aunt Shirley or someone would be like, Rob, put the blanket on your head. Rob, put the blanket <laughs> over your head. Like <laughs> Isn't it like a parakeet? <laughs> yeah. Rob, but, go to sleep. <laughs> but the joke's on them, guys, because it was an Afghan, and I could see through the little holes. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I did see a lot of nudity, including I'll never forget I'll never forget seeing his dong through an Afghan hole. That's If I was ever going to start um, a punk band, that's always been what I said the name would be, Harvey Keitel's dick. Mm. <laughs> 
my mom would uh she would always read about movies that were nominated for oscars and whatnot and this was when i was younger and she would my dad had no interest whatsoever but would just watch them and so like every once in a while they're just like i have this memory of like i don't know how old i would have been probably like 11 but like my mom had us watch the crying game together (laughs) 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 my early blanket memory is um, (laughs) (laughs) i read i was trying to read all of michael Crichton's books Mm -hmm. and i read rising sun so then my mom because i read the book let me rent the movie Mm. and uh there's some nudity in that one and that that's my that's the only blanket memory i think i have and i could i could also see through the hole at the boobs. So did you have to cover your head, Duff? Uh, or I mean, it, or it just happened so fast you guys it, weren't ready it, for it? It just happened. <laughs> and I was like, what, what's going on? What's Also, like, the plot, of, like, at the time for, again, I don't know, 11, 12, like, the plot of that movie involves, like, the IRA, and there's a lot of politics. Yep. And, I, and I had no clue what was going on. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, that character's a guy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the crying game <laughs> with that boy George song playing throughout the song. The, those are the two things. Those are the only two things that are remembered about that movie to this day: the boy George <laughs> song and the twist. <laughs> oh boy, that's kind of a movie forgotten in time. Yeah, I don't. Think, Probably for the best, maybe. I, I don't. I can't imagine. Again, that. I haven't seen it. Probably since then, but I don't think it's actually that good. <laughs> no, probably not. Um. Duff, Joe, do you guys have any questions for uh, for Tom? Tom, who should Forrest meet that he did not? Who's a famous uh, person in any realm of entertainment, politics, sports, whatever, from the the baby boomer age, which would be the the fifties through the early to mid eighties? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I was honestly surprised rewatching it because I couldn't remember um, most of Jenny's arc and I did remember that she had a really tough go of things um, yeah yeah I was <laughs> I was honestly surprised there wasn't some like reference to like her joining the Manson family <laughs> or something yes. along those oh. lines oh god that, that would cool. that would be very in keeping as if Jenny got mixed up with the Mansons yeah that feels Manson like a deleted family. scene well, in, in, well Jen, J- since Jenny's parents had passed away, she thought she'd get a new family. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a moment in this movie where it could happen when she, the little montage where she's in San Francisco yeah, exactly. and that van pulls up and that guy's like, hey, want to go to San Francisco or whatever it is. I don't remember. But that could have been, that yep. could have been Charles Manson. Could have been Charlie Manson. That would have been amazing. And should, should that should have happened in this movie. Yeah. And then she'd been like, Forrest, why are you saving me from Charlie Manson? <laughs> then maybe Forrest could have met some of the Beach Boys, too. Oh, my God. Ooh. Forrest could have been there at uh, uh, at Spawn Ranch at some point. It would have been That would have been perfect. He was always talking about a race war. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Bubba would have liked that, man. <laughs> Uh, Tom, do you have anything about the movie uh, that you want to say or uh, talk about? This is this is your one opportunity. Wow. Yeah. It's a big moment. It really is. Um, Until we ask you on again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, 
I feel like we covered uh, most of the things that I was thinking about. Um, I think that the parallels between um, sort of Lieutenant Dan and Jenny are interesting. Um, And I think like how you think about those characters as like sort of refusing to um, accept um, Forrest's very basic sort of simple love for them Mm -hmm. Um, and his sort of unconditional love and respect for both of them and and they both do eventually come around I think it's interesting though how when you or when I've talked to people about the movie people have a much more negative view of um, Jenny as a character compared to Lieutenant Dan who also is not very kind to Forrest for a lot of the movie (laughs) no Um, but it seems like he gets more of a pass for that. Um, it's because we support I, the troops. It's interesting, yeah. I, I, it's because, um, I don't know, and Gary Sinise is great in that role, too. Um, because... but I don't know if it's because Lieutenant Dan is uh, another dude who, I mean, he went through trauma, but so did Jenny, clearly. Um, well, physical tra- but I mean, But I mean, like, the difference, not the difference, but, you know, Lieutenant Dan's missing his legs. Right. Whereas, like, Jenny went through awful emotional and sexual and physical but like you can't you don't meet jenny and be like oh clearly something's gone awry here where if you meet lieutenant dan you're like wait a minute something's off (laughs) it's true not enough limbs yeah (laughs) that's true when jenny doesn't have a black eye uh yeah there's not a clear physical marker um but they're sort of cycles of abuse and they're difficulty accepting um sort of Forrest's unconditional love for them and then they come around is, is an interesting parallel though between that's a two. good take Tom thank you I'll take it I don't think I don't think we've explored that but that is interesting you're right it, Lieutenant Dan is given a lot more slack though um than Jenny than and Jenny for, and Lieutenant Dan out and out like tries to be hostile to Forrest whereas Jenny is just kind of you know at worst she's being selfish Aloof. but I don't yeah. think ever means to hurt him yeah I Lieutenant mean, Dan straight up calls him an idiot <laughs> <laughs> multiple times yeah yeah I mean you can interpret I think Jenny's um, distance and running away from Forrest as um, trying to it's doing it in, in some ways out of love for him like I don't think she treats his conception of love as being real mm-hmm. um, because she's known him the best and the longest and you know she sort of knows his um, or thinks she knows maybe his way of thinking the best. Um, Do you think there's preservation in that though? Do you think where she's just like realizes that she's such like she's such an emotionally damaged person that that that's partly why she recoils too? Yeah, yeah, I think there's probably some of that. Um, and I think I think the movie may have benefited more from having um, someone write her character. Um, <laughs> like, like yeah. they definitely get across that she was abused, right? Mm-hmm. I think they do it in a very... Um, it's not subtle. ...blunt way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think they explore it particularly well. I think they... Um, it could have used a little bit more nuance and care in the writing of her character to sort of write a character going through a cycle of abuse. Because it, it doesn't come across, I think, as clearly as it should, sort of why she's making the decisions that she is um, and how character and how people who are in cycles of abuse see relationships and other things. 
we never really get any insight from Jenny about her about her journey except in the end and she sums it up the same way like a child which is like I was real messed up for a long time and that's well, about that's about all we get sometimes that's all you need to hear I'm not like I'm not saying like again like I'm not saying like the it makes the character bad it's just like it's just we never really get that insight in a, in a movie that's well, not full of much subtlety at all I mean yeah. even like not only does Lieutenant Dan not have legs, but he openly complains a lot about not having like like that's his issue a lot of times he doesn't have legs and how like I mean even recently we talked about an episode where um or uh or there's a part in the movie where he like you know is talking about uh being saved and finding Jesus and he's like like I'm going to be able to walk next to him you know what I mean like they're like overt about his issues but like outside of the like you know the mention at like minute. 16 of the movie about about Jenny's um what her dad, happened her, her dad always hugging and whatever yeah they don't like they never like they never like give her a chance to like say what's happening she sort of just buries it that's that, good though because we don't need to we already know we don't need to hear it well no I'm just saying that I think that's partly why people don't like Jenny though because this movie doesn't <laughs> this movie rarely asks it, you to be like, oh, remember to connect yeah, the dots it, where everyone else, they're I, like... So you're saying the audience is t- too dumb? Yeah. Okay. Clearly, because well, most people do hate Jenny. I mean, I think people hate Jenny for the same reasons people usually hate women in movies more than men a lot that's of the true. time. Yeah. But but I think that's actually a very good point, is that we're constantly reminded, uh, obviously visually, but also just... Uh, verbally of Lieutenant Dan talking about how he was going to have a destiny and now he doesn't have any legs. Like we hear it, it must be at least five or six times. Force is it again later, Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. Yeah, but we never really, like we don't have Jenny, oddly Jenny's character is somewhat subtle when it comes to defending her actions as written Mm -hmm. in a movie where everything else is just kind of like spoon fed into your mouth like see lieutenant dan doesn't have legs so he's sad yep yep and, and it's also important to remember that forrest had the audacity to save his life yes that wasn't very nice either no no selfish really he just wants that medal um which which uh lieutenant dan is angry that he's got that medal <laughs> for saving his life and oh. a lot of, and other people who were part of that that troop yeah, he saved Lieutenant Dan's <laughs> life, and then he gets pissed that they rewarded him for well, it. Well, maybe that's the real reason he gave the medal away, Rob. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Maybe well, you're just, right. He didn't. He knew you were upset about it. And he knew <laughs> Lieutenant Dan was upset. So. Um. Well, speaking of being spoon-fed stuff, um, Tom, <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite tube-shaped food? My favorite tube-shaped food. What's yep. your fa- What's your favorite long cylindrical food? <laughs> <laughs> and this this isn't a trick. Like I we're mean, actually uh, we're actually asking. Um, you can. <laughs> I, I like a. I mean, I like a hot dog. I'm a fan of a hot dog. I like cannoli. Ooh, ooh! ooh I like cannoli. Cannoli. You know, I'm a dessert boy. Dessert yeah, boy. yeah. Cannoli is a good dessert. A good cannoli is the number one dessert. You got so excited ooh, about that. It is it's good, the though. number one dessert. 
a good wow. cannoli. Number one. Number it's one. It's hard to get a good cannoli, though. It is. That's the this, thing. Yeah. But a good one is is unbelievable. You just, you just got Rob all excited about cannolis, so uh, that was a good answer. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Duff, Joe, Tom, do you guys have anything else that you want to talk about with this movie? Because <laughs> Duff, Jude, and Joe, we got to keep doing it after this. We're not done. Yeah. We're, we have a ways to go. Yep. Save my takes. Uh, well, Tom, thank you for uh, for coming on. I'm sorry that there are... I don't know if there's any wine drinking in this movie, is there? Um, I don't think there is. No. We, we see them at a bar on New Year's Eve when Forrest has a Dr. Pepper. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, well, listeners, um, if you want to... Uh, stay in touch i don't know what i'm supposed to say there stay you can go touch. <laughs> also also the way you said it was odd it sounded like you said stay and touch like ugh. yeah if you want to stay in touch you can go to twitter.com slash gump minute facebook.com slash gump minute we have a facebook group called box of chocolates that you can just search for on facebook or go to forcegumpminute.com slash chocolates we also have, um, you can rate and review us on whatever you use to listen to this. Just click the highest stars. Do it. Yep. And uh, if you want to uh, want to pay <laughs> for this content, you don't have oh, to. It's I've free. Paid. I've paid. <laughs> 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 they have too, I guess, to be fair. Uh, if you want more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the midnight boys. We have uh, an episode with uh, we have Tom on an episode that came out many months ago at this point about the movie Autofocus that was for Patreons only. So check if you're that a out. Your photo nut, check yep. it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you like art? Yep. So uh, it's uh, two dollars a month. So pretty good deal. You can just pay it once and then listen to the stuff and then stop paying. That's fine too. That's a, that's a way around it. All right. I guess. Yep. <laughs> way to give up the game. <laughs> yeah. Happy the days while they're mending the nest Till once more they ride high out to sea